What is up? And welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing. Alongside me, Dominic Jose Bazonio. You know, Dom, I, coming into the podcast, I was thinking about introducing ourselves as some sort of rendition of the Soccer Capital podcast, Capital Soccer, <laughs> you know, because, you know, Minnesota United are in the capital city of, of, of Minnesota. So, you know, I think it would make sense to, you know, call ourselves some rendition of, of the Soccer Capital podcast, if you will. But, you know, we don't want to get that cease and desist from Sporting KC. So I, I think I think we're not going to call ourselves the Soccer Capital podcast, although I think it would be perfectly fine if we did call ourselves the uh, Soccer Capital podcast. But anyways, uh, we are 10,000 pitches. We are not the Soccer Capital podcast. Uh, we haven't had to change our name for a stupid reason recently. Uh, so, you know, I guess consider ourselves lucky. Uh, this is episode 132 of the podcast. We are presented by SodaSoccer.com. You're home for soccer coverage in the North, and we are live for our Soda Soccer Super Subs on Patreon. So if you are watching this or listening to this after the fact, and you want to tune into the podcast live, you want to be able to contribute live to the podcast uh, with your questions, your comments, have us sort of interact with you as we're doing this here, uh, consider becoming a Super Sub. It's our third tier on Patreon. It is $10 a month, but it gets you some extra goodies that our regular Patreons don't get, including this uh this live version of the 10,000 pitches podcast so that sounds good to you um you know upgrade your patreon membership or just go in and subscribe at patreon.com slash soda soccer speaking of subscribing if you are not subscribed to the podcast feed please do that it's you know whenever we drop a new episode of not only the 10,000 pitches podcast but as dominic jose bazonio just hosted over the weekend with matthew johnson Post Loons also, also lets you know when we drop a new episode of Post Loons after every Minnesota United match. Um, if you haven't checked out the latest episode of Post Loons, make sure you do that on the Soda Soccer feed. Dom and MJ did a great job breaking down that Colorado-Minnesota match, that Minnesota win over Colorado that we'll talk a little bit more about in just a minute. But speaking of the man himself, Dominic Jose Bazonio, how are we doing? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. Uh, yeah, it was, was fun to do Post Loons with MJ. And uh, I'm sure I'll be back on there at some point in the in the next month or so. Yep. Um, and yeah, looking forward to talking today. It's been uh, uh, interesting last week or two uh, for me, just transitioning from from winter to spring sports. That whole focus for my 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 day job. Um, mm -hmm. So so looking forward to digging back into uh, some Minnesota United and other uh, other soccer topics. Yeah, there is a lot uh, both in Minnesota United's camp and the lower league soccer scene to discuss. Uh, here on 10,000 pitches. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Loons do get a big three points on the road, topping Colorado two to one. Again, Dom and MJ hosted post Loons after the match. So if you haven't watched or listened to that, go check it out. It was Mickey Tapias's late goal, giving him and UFC the win. Um, and after subbing on at half, Luis Samaria opened his account for 2023, scoring with a PK in the 52nd minute, thanks to a Rapids handball in the box. Um, you know, looking at the lineup here, we thought that there would be some rotation. Adrian Heath indicated there would be some rotation in anticipation of the rotation he would have to make against Vancouver. It was kind of lineupception, if you will, for Minnesota United. But it was Hassani Dotson, DJ Taylor, and Joseph Rosales all receiving their first starts of the season, with Rosales looking particularly good in an attacking role in his first, uh, you know, real long-term appearance that he made for Minnesota United here in 2023. Um, Dom, give me your impressions of the lineup based off what we you know, thought we would get, what he kind of hinted we would get, and then uh, you know any any particular surprising performances from those three that that you uh, you know took away from the match. 
Uh, you know, th there were changes that I did not particularly expect in the sense that, uh, you know, the, the conversation for potential lineup changes was mostly revolving around players that would be uh, departing for national team duties. For, so, for example, Taylor comes in for Valentin. Neither of those guys are doing anything with national teams. Uh, this next week, that was more potentially just the eventual return to, to form for, for DJ Taylor. Uh, we weren't necessarily sure when that was going to happen exactly. So uh, not necessarily a, a shocking surprise, but it was an interesting note to see, okay, we got a person like DJ Taylor back. Uh, Rosales was interesting. That's obviously a player that's going to be gone this next week. Um, I didn't necessarily expect to see him start. I didn't necessarily mm -hmm. expect to see him start on the left wing, but uh, yep. he actually did very well. Um, MJ and I talked about that. He was actually one of the players that I was most uh, impressed by in the first half, had a quieter second half. But um, yeah, you know, I thought the changes, well, obviously they end up working out more or less uh, with the win, although there are there's some, some crucial changes required in the second half to, to secure that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was an interesting use of, of Minnesota United's depth. I mm -hmm. thought that um, the players that were put into positions to impress did a good job of impressing. And I suppose yeah. that's really what matters in the end. So, uh, yeah, I, I think overall, uh, a, a good bit of roster management from Adrian Heath, both for the starting lineup and, and also at halftime making some changes. Speaking of being in a position to impress or kind of being expected to impress in 2023, uh, Bonga Kuli continues to answer that call. Uh, Adrian Heath said preseason that Bongi, you know, specifically was one of the guys that he wanted to see take that next step. In 2023, you know, all of the acclimation process for the most part is over with now. Um, obviously, he had some impressive moments in 2022, but with kind of all of those uh, traveling distractions, those newcomer distractions out of the way, Heath really wanted to see Bongi, you know, with a with the ability to just focus on his game and focus on getting better within the team, um, you know, really reach a new level in 2023. And man, I think Bongi has has done that and more early on. He didn't get on the score sheet in this one. But I mean, I look at this, you know, as far as just an overall performance in the attack and the defense as like a two-way type player. Not only was I impressed with that, and we haven't really seen that dimension to Bongi's game before, but I thought overall, in terms of his just overall impact on the match in both fronts, you could consider that a man of the match performance for Bongi in this one, just the way he was able to impact both both sides of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I really liked what he brought to that game. Like you said, he gets man of the match or he gets voted man of the match without, you know, getting involved in the, in the scoring. But mm -hmm. I think what really impressed me, and, and we talked about this in postlands a little bit, was there's a maturity to how responsible he seemed to feel for his various roles on the pitch. The thing that arguably I think earned him that man of the match performance was actually um, his defensive performance, his uh, work ethic to track back after losing the ball to prevent early out balls from the Rapids to yep. slow things down for the Rapids, uh, particularly important in a team that is trying to play in very quick transitions. Uh, and, and so he he was actually incredibly vital to the you know hour of clean sheet or whatever it was that, that Minnesota United got and keeping that defense working after the Colorado Gold goes in. Uh, he had a really good performance and, and, you know, maybe slightly unlucky not to create a goal. I thought he had some good moments that just didn't work out. But uh, yeah, I really, this whole season, I feel like what we're seeing from him is he still has that sort of energetic spark that people liked in the first season, uh, particularly when he's going in on goal, you know, he, he still has that creativity. 
but away from that sort of 18 yard box area, he's showing a lot more sort of calm, collected understanding of the game. Uh, and it's not that he didn't have the understanding before, but it's that it felt like his understanding wasn't getting engaged necessarily all the time during games. And now it just seems like he's a lot more in touch with that intellectual side of, of the game in a way that he, I'm sure he had before, but now he's a little taking a little more time. He's looking around, he's considering what to do off the ball a little more. And uh, it's really impressive. I think it's been a huge in every game, including the ones that he hasn't scored. in. so, and by the way, you know, we've talked about this before, but the goal that he did get against the Red Bulls, again, is not a goal that happens to an energetic young kid. It's a goal that happens to a guy that knows where to be in a set piece and has yep. the, the ability to think about what he's doing during a game. So, yep. again, just overall, just really three pretty mature games from him, which is really encouraging to see. Yeah, and as someone pointed out on Twitter, when you look at the the replay and sort of frame by frame it, or you look in depth, he actually seems to get almost a second header on the ball before it's yeah. even saved in that Red Bulls match, right? And right. so just right place, right time, knowing positionally how to where to put yourself in the best positions to score, um, and then impacting the defensive side of the ball in this one too. It, it adds that part of it adds sort of an extra layer now to this Minnesota United team, where okay, you have the back line, you have the defensive midfield. But now if you can have, you know, defensive or pressing quality in your front line now, which Mender Garcia has shown with his back pressing against Dallas, um, obviously Bongi showed this against, uh, against, against Colorado, as we're talking about right now. If you can sort of add that extra layer of defensive quality, of, of pressing quality, of ability to turn the ball over in that part of the pitch, that just makes this Minnesota United team so much more dynamic and it opens up more ways for this team to score goals, which this team is obviously desperately looking for right now in the absence of Emmanuel Reynoso. So that, that part of it to me really kind of excites me and creates a lot of optimism for how this team can play and how this team can continue to find sustained success over the longer portion of the season. If number 10 is not going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as much as the conversation has been about, uh, Reynoso's return at a certain point, you just got to figure out a, a good way to play without him. And yeah. uh, it, it does feel like Minnesota United's doing that, which is incredibly encouraging. We talked on postlands, you know, about whether or not that would be a sustainable long term plan. That's hard to know. But for what it's worth, you got seven points out of your first three games. That's, you know, significantly better than the vast majority of the league. So um, I, I think overall, they're, they're doing quite well with their situation. I was going to wait to bring up this take for a couple more games to see if, if the loons could keep this rolling and, and it would be a much safer take to make then, but I'm just, I'm just going to let it rip right now. So I had the feeling with Amanda Reynoso's absence with that sort of being announced and, you know, him being suspended and all that stuff. There was a lot of obviously negativity or lack of optimism around the loons prospects for the season without him. But I look at the 2019 team as sort of a template for how this team can find success that team was the four seed in the West. They hosted a playoff game. They're the, that's the only time outside of the COVID year that Minnesota United has hosted a playoff game. They did not have an Emmanuel Reynoso. They did not have a talisman. They did not have a, a an attacking piece that was really the key to everything they were doing. That team was very defensively focused. Now, with that being said, they had two of the best defensive players to ever play in this league in Ozzy Alonso and Ike Opara. So, you know, that that there's that part of it as well. But I see that as sort of a template for how this team can find success. And no disrespect to that 2019 team, 
but I find this team top to bottom to be much more talented and much better top to bottom from a roster standpoint than that 2019 team was. So if they can find that formula with a better roster, you know, there's, uh, there's no reason why they can't find sustained success with sort of what they've done prior to Reynoso getting here. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you know, Minnesota United's found way, and Adrian Heath has found ways to do well without, right, that kind of build of a team where you have a star midfielder that everyone in the league is talking about is creating goals. 2019 was Angelo Rodriguez still our starting striker? I don't remember who was our yes, starting striker. Yes, he was. Yeah, he so, was indeed. So, I mean, with all due respect. And that was, and then that was the Mason toy emergency year, too. Right. So, in the middle of the season, right. we saw a lot. Of that's right. That's the open, yeah, open cup run and all that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's it's possible. It's doable. And so, that, that's what's promising about – I haven't said the, these words too many times in this podcast. That's what's promising about having Adrian Heath at the helm here is that you know, <laughs> um, you know that this is something that he can work with, yeah. that he can get results out of. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that feels like what we're saying. Uh, three games is three games. But, yep. uh, you know, I, we, I, I was looking at the schedule on Postloons, and uh, we have Vancouver Nets, obviously, and then St. Louis. And then the Nets games after that are Chicago and Orlando, I believe, at least one of which is at home. And, and that feels like, to me, a, a bracket of games you can get a considerable amount of points out of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we could be looking at a Minnesota side that by, you know, week, what, six, seven, eight. Um, have a very strong tally of points. So you have to hope that they can continue this, continue to improvise uh, their way to victory, continue to kind of get the most out of these different players that are standing out. Obviously, this week, that's going to be a little more complicated with the international break. But um, yeah, I mean, I I, I think the writing is on the wall, so to say, to, to get that done. Um, I also really quickly want to shout out the first thing I thought of when I read 2019-esque performance against Colorado Rapids was, thank God it wasn't a 2018-esque performance performance against Colorado, because I believe that would mean that Harrison Heath would have had to run on the pitch and spit on somebody. Uh, So uh, anyway, Uh, no, yeah, I, I, well, and actually on that that note, MJ and I were talking about, this felt like the calmest Minnesota United-Colorado Rapids game. By far, by far. Yes, there were no red cards. Uh, a, a few yellows, yeah. but like nothing egregious, no, no real physicality, you know, outside of the whistles, if you will. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of physicality in the match, but you expect that in right. this, in this type of environment. And, but yeah, I mean, I, that's the one thing that when I was watching the match back on uh, Sunday or Monday, I can't remember what day I actually watched the match back, but I was, that was the thing that stood out to me. I was, I, you know, I was ready for some, for some chippiness. I was ready yeah. for the ref to have to intervene in certain occasions. That really didn't happen at all. So, uh, you know, I guess kudos to both teams for keeping their heads for the most part in, in this one. Um, but there was a lot of physicality between the lines, you know, in a, in a sporting, in a sporting manner, if you will. And, and I thought in that sense too, I think that was another thing that impressed me. Minnesota sort of held their own in that regard, but I want to go back to talking about kind of the, the cumulative effort that we have seen from this team. This is the second straight match where nine out of, or excuse me, at least 10 field players have gotten you know in the green as far as foot mob rating mm. ratings go uh it happened against dallas and it happened against this one only dane st Clair and mender garcia had less than a 6.9 rating nice uh via foot mob in this one of all every single other player that that got on that got enough minutes to to field a rating um was at a 6.9 or higher 
which, I mean, just kind of shows from a stats perspective, the collective effort that this team is putting in and that it's going to take to continue to sustain success for this team. Tapias, uh, man of the match, according to foot mob with that 7.9 rating, um, off the goal. Um, Colorado's lone goal came via Cole Bassett in the 49th minute off a cross from Michael Berrios cross defending still something to watch out for for Minnesota United as a potential weakness that could bite them moving forward. But I think overall impressions of this one we've kind of given them is, you know, this is a big three points to get on the road, your second road win in three matches already this season. And I think even huge to get all three points, considering the situation you're going to find yourself in this coming Saturday against Vancouver. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, obviously worth noting on, on the point of the player ratings thing, for example, Mendra Garcia, who knows what he would have gotten if he'd gotten to play more than one half of the game. And, and maybe, maybe well got maybe well. recipient and, of the PK instead of Yeah, Andrea. exactly. Yeah. Um, I do think it's been interesting to see some of the, the takeaways from, from that game on that respect, just in that obviously Amaria comes on and scores the PK, which one is going to buffer all of his stats, uh, but, mm. but two is going to leave a better taste in the in the in people's mouths about his performance but um i i actually didn't love his performance i mm-hmm. i didn't think that he did anything particularly better than better garcia but it's gonna be interesting to see who gets pit to start up front uh against vancouver because i mean mender garcia has the benefit of of having an open play goal and having just more time uh played the season so far amaria clearly was uh you know ready to go to replace him and agent Heath clearly felt that was needed um mm-hmm. against colorado but i'm not sure it's going to be interesting to see whether or not that that conversation continues to stay complicated. Um, but uh, but no, yeah, I, I I thought the collective performance was wonderful. I mean, even Dane Sinclair getting under a certain amount, I, I guess because he conceded the goal, that's kind of bound to happen or something. But uh, you know, I thought everybody did pretty well, uh, and and Tapias was particularly impressive. Understandably, the highest rated player. Uh, the defensive performance was quite good. He was not responsible for the goal that got let in. Uh, when he was the one responsible for what was going on, it was usually quite impressive. And then his goal that he scored was really wonderful. So really just well thought, um, probably something that's been practiced before by the team, but a really well executed, quick, uh, thoughtful goal to know where to be and just to adjust the direction of the ball ever so slightly, not overdo it, not underdo it, uh, and and just tip it past the post like that was really, really nice. Uh, a really, really good show of what he can do in the box. And of course, you know, he's the one that sort of doesn't formally assist, but assisted, quote unquote, the uh, Planwana goal against yeah. the Rebels. So he's shown himself to be quite dangerous in the air uh, on set pieces, which is great to see. It's great to see us, um, you know, have more options like that. You know, obviously uh, what, you know, last couple of years, Brent Coleman has provided that at times, but obviously mm-hmm. he doesn't necessarily play a lot for the team. So you want one of your starting center backs to be able to do that as well. And it's great to see uh, Miguel Tapia's joined that, that, that roster like that. But yeah, again, just uh, really liked the whole performance from the team. Uh, I, I was really happy to see Minnesota United be able to go on the road and, and put a performance in like that. I think that's really promising for the rest of the season. Yeah. It's a previous element. I guess we didn't really know fully with Tapias is his ability to get it in the air like that. And hmm. that's, um, that's something that, I mean, that's big for this team. Who's, you know, going to have to find different ways to score. So crossing and set pieces are just that much more important for this team. And to have somebody like Tapias who can rise above everybody else and find, and find, uh, you know, get his head on the ball. That is something that I think could add, you know, an extra scoring element uh, from Minnesota moving forward as well. Um, but that is really it for the Colorado match. Uh, the other big piece of news this week, we finally have our new signing saying Ben Zhang is officially a loon 
South Korean, officially uh, arrived late last week, signed for MNUFC on Monday, began training on the side Tuesday in Blaine, and was officially introduced in a press conference at Allianz Field Wednesday. Um, just a note, the 20-year-old attacker cannot fully participate with the team in training or obviously play until he gets his work visa, which the club hopes will happen sometime within the next couple of weeks. He'll actually have to travel to Calgary uh, to get this done because evidently, I didn't know this, you can't apply, you, you can't get your work visa in the country in which you are applying for it. Mm. There's a different element to it. I guess that that um you know, provides a little bit more legitimacy i don't know anyways i don't know that that's what just what i was told so uh but so that you know he's not gonna be able to play this weekend you know obviously his status for next weekend in st louis is is up in the year depending but um just overall initial thoughts on on the signing dom a lot of people seem to be excited about this i mean you know at, at some level every new signing provides a bit of excitement but it seems like this is kind of a, a young player that a lot of loons fans are excited for both you know the short and long term for this team yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think there's reason to be excited. I think um, he's clearly got a lot of potential. Uh, he was already garnering a lot of attention about that potential from various, from clubs, from people in, in news, from people in South Korean football. So uh, it's great to sort of get to be part of that journey for him. Uh, you know, some people have, have made notes, and I do think this is worth noting, that, you know, people should not necessarily expect him to all of a sudden be like competing for the golden boot. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, this is a young guy that was on a development track prior to getting here. Uh, and, and, you know, he's continuing that journey. So, you know, in addition to the fact that he won't actually be able to play for a little bit because he's waiting for paperwork, uh, you know, don't necessarily expect him to come on and score, you know, a goal every game and, and, and all that kind of thing, but clearly very talented, clearly a, a useful option to add to this offense that, that needs that little extra injection of creativity and options, especially as the season goes on and more competitions come in. Um, I think it's going to be a great, a great addition. So uh, I, I like, you know, we, we talk all the time about Minnesota United needing to invest in youth um, in various positions. This for me is that uh, mm -hmm. I think that the last couple sort of young project players, so to say that Minnesota United has picked up, have, have been, uh, have worked out, have been ones that I actually really like say uh Juan Wane. Um and, and so I, I hope that they can make the most out of a new uh, opportunity to do that again and to build up uh, a really talented young player. So hopefully he can get the paperwork done soon so he can get more involved with the team immediately. Uh, and yeah, I, I hope to see him playing soon. I'm sure that he'll have an impact whether or not it's a blockbuster impact. I, I'm sure that he will benefit the team. He said in the in the press conference he wanted to contribute ten goals and ten assists before the end of the season. So I mean that's blockbuster. That's yeah. that brought back that brought back the Luis Amaria twenty five goals guarantee, uh, which I think also happened at the same type of press conference. Yeah. So well, but um, that's exactly yeah. why we should be careful. About <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. I mean, this is Minnesota sports, after all. That's I think we right. always have to place that factor in mind as well. It's not always the player's fault. Not really ever the player's fault that they can't reach that. It's just the Minnesota sports uh, factor in it as well. But yeah, I, I just think this is really this is a really exciting signing. It's uh, a young project. Uh, you mentioned Bongi. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out and ask me about his player profile and asking me to compare it to Bongi's specifically. And, and I'm not sure how the player profile exactly compares, but I think Bongi's trajectory is sort of the template that you hope that Sangbin can can follow. 
Um, you know, maybe he's not an impact player year one, but you know, he gets time on the pitch. He, he contributes. Right. And then year two maybe is where we really see him start to acclimate because this is an acclimation for him and maybe even a greater acclimation for a guy like saying Ben, than it was for a bongi. Then it's been for a Mender Garcia. Then, then a lot of these other guys, because, you know, there's a big language barrier, obviously, with saying Ben coming to Minnesota. I mean, his agent is spending these first few weeks with him just to help translate and kind of help him get acclimated. Um, you know, there's just he's never been uh, played in the United States before. He's never played in North America before. He's never played West of Europe before. Right. So there's there's a lot more. Accl- and I think the, the the acclimation curve could be a little bit greater for saying Ben than it's been for some of these other guys who are coming from South America, Central America. You know, I think of a Mickey Tapias recently coming from Mexico. Um, You know, there, there could be that element to it as well. So yes, I agree that the, I think the short-term expectations need to be tempered a little bit. It would be great if he could come in and put up 20 goals and assists right off the bat. But I don't think that needs to be the expectation. I think we kind of give this guy time, you know, hopefully he shows some good flashes this season. Maybe he contributes to a few goals before the end of the year. But with him being 20 years old and this being a U22 initiative signing, yes, they paid Wolves $2.5 million, which is no small sum of money to be paying for a 20-year-old player um, who's not a DP, not a TAM deal, that sort of thing. Um, I do think that this is a long-term play with Zhang Sengben, or Sengben Zhang, excuse me. Uh, so that's that, and that's something to keep in mind as well. Yeah, I, I just want to quick... Well... We'll, we'll move on in a, in a second, but I just want to quick jump in because I think you made a good point, you know, uh, and I think I have this in mind because I, I just the other day finished uh, reading the the new edition of Soccernomics, which is a very popular book looking at sort of like the stuff sort of behind the, the play in soccer. And they were talking about how so many teams mess up, uh, the two authors were talking about how so many teams mess up by not making a small but consistent investment in basically player uh, uh Supporting player lifestyle, I guess, basically mm-hmm. is what I'd say, uh, and and how you can very easily trace how a huge amount, particularly of players who are going to, who are foreign to the the country they're playing in, how a lot of them struggle, particularly early on, because of that. But of course, if you struggle early on and you're a new signing, that potentially means you leave, <laughs> so you never get to do better. Uh, and so there's a lot of players that do very well in certain leagues and do very badly in other leagues, and you can trace a lot of it down to whether or not they were you know felt at home. And uh, all of that to say, uh, you know, Minnesota United have, have done that for certain players. Clearly, you know, there's, we have players from all over the world that are playing very well for the team now. But yeah, I mean, this is a slightly different profile of, of mm-hmm. who you're um, who you're accommodating. And, mm-hmm. and so hopefully the team is, is you know, able to make that adjustment as smoothly as they have with uh, other parts of the world, Latin America, uh, Africa, Europe, obviously. Um but yeah, you know, it's just going to be important, obviously, that they they keep that in mind. Of course, he has played in Europe, and you know, he he's played outside of South Korea. But um, it's always important, you know, making sure players are able to acclimate to their environment well, smoothly, comfortably, especially if you expect them to be sort of impact signings. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I have confidence the team will will do that. But obviously, it'll just be interesting to see how they do because it's a slightly new version of that challenge for them. Exciting, nonetheless. Saint Benjong, officially a member of Minnesota United, um, anxiously awaiting that work visa to come in, so we can see how he looks on the field in the early going for the Loons. 
Um, obviously, he won't be available this weekend, but let's talk about who will be available for this weekend, or I guess we'll start with who won't be available, uh, who also won't be available for the Loons against Vancouver. Obviously, seven first-team players who have all started already this season will be out. Robin Ludd, Bongi Longwani, Kerbin Ariaga, Joseph Rosales, Michael Boxall, uh, Kamar Lawrence, and Dane St. Clair, all MIA, uh, all on international duty representing their respective countries this weekend. Um, Whitecaps will be down three players. Newly signed striker Sergio Cordova out six to eight weeks with a hamstring strain just a month after they signed him. Uh, while defender Javane Brown and midfielder Andres Cubas will be on international duty representing Jamaica and Paraguay, respectively. How will the loons lineup look? A lot of, you know, I, I kind of tweeted out my initial, just, just crack at the lineup. My, my off the top of my head, uh, four, three, three, what I think Minnesota could do. Um, you mentioned, you know, wondering whether Amaria or Garcia will start up top for the loons. I think potentially both of them could start, mm. uh, cause Garcia has been sort of a backup wing option for this team in the past started at the wing numerous times last year. So I think you could see both of them starting either there or maybe Minnesota goes with like a four, four, two, and they both start up top. Uh, that could be, that could be something they do as well. But, you know, I think we'll see them. I think we'll see Cameron Dunbar in the starting lineup. Adrian Heath mentioned him specifically, specifically, excuse me, this week as somebody who will get an opportunity on Saturday. And that indicates to me, he probably may start. And just looking at where they have to fill gaps in this lineup, I don't know who else will start at a central attacking midfield or wing spot. One of those two um, based off who they have available. I think Dunbar may have to start because uh, he's the only one that can play either one of those positions really. Um, so that'll be interesting to see him get his first cameo for this team. Um, obviously the defensive midfield will most likely be Hassani Dotson and will trap with both Ariaga and Rosales out and then expect Brent Coleman to start. And then uh, I think both your outside backs will probably be Zarek Valentin and DJ Taylor depending on who's on the left, who's on the right. Both guys have experience playing left back, even though their preferred role is right back. So one of them will be on the left, one of them will be on the right, but both of them are, are likely to start. Um, and uh, unfortunately, Doniel Henry, not going to be available on Saturday. He's still returning and recovering from his thigh issues. So, you know, loons are going to be really strapped for defensive depth, um, really depth everywhere, but defensive depth specifically and adding uh, a non, not really fully fit Brent Coleman, because you're not really fully fit until you get out on the field and play an extended yeah. period, no matter how long of a time you have to recover. Um, so we'll see how that plays out defensively for Minnesota. But I mean, I think when you flip that part of it, it's going to be exciting to get see some of these guys get extended minutes, like Dunbar, like uh, you know, like uh, uh, Clint Irwin in goal. Really excited mm -hmm. to see how he looks. Uh, between the posts for Minnesota, things like that. But there's the maybe I expect to see Tanya Luache, while he may not start, get a you know more extended look on right. uh, on Saturday as well. You know, it's going to be interesting to see which guys sort of maybe step in and and give Adrian Heath something more to look at when making his roster decisions in the future. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. I, I think I think you're onto something with potentially Amri and Garcia both starting, whether that be striker Wiener or or up front together. Um, that that does feel like in this situation because one one of the challenges Minnesota United is going to have is just creating good chances when they're already down Reynoso and then they're down Lod, they're down uh, Flanwani, they're down so much of their attacking creativity. Best way to get around that is just to start as many starters as you can get. Yes. So um, uh, that that's a way to do that. And obviously Garcia can play on the wing, so that that solves that problem to some degree. Yeah, you know it's going to be an interesting game. Um, both teams are going to be having to to make some changes. Uh, Minnesota more so, 
for what it's worth, I know uh, uh, Kubas has been very important to Vancouver. So that potentially is an area to look into for Minnesota. But um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a bit of a, of a rough one, probably. Uh, I think it's really good this game is at Allianz Field. Yep. Uh, because I think these having the, the crowd behind them is going to be a huge benefit to these guys who otherwise are going to be kind of running the gauntlet here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it also helps they're playing Vancouver, who have not necessarily started the year great. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm very interested to see. I'm very interested to see what, what, what Paul Men can do with this game, what Irwin can do with this game. I'm very interested to see, uh, you know, what Valentin can do getting back to me. Obviously, he subbed late into the Colorado game, but if he does get another start here, interested to see what he can do with that and sort of he's he's ended up being a very prominent figure in this team so far this season um so interested to see what he could do with a return to the starting 11 and yeah dunbar uh, louis Shea, you know there's a lot of these guys that are, are young haven't played a lot or at all in dunbar's case uh who you, you have to wonder how big of a role can they play in this game um but you know that's i guess that's the magic of the chaos of the uh international break and mls playing during it is is that you have these situations where it's a bit of a roll of the dice. The good news is that I can very easily see this roll of the dice going in Minnesota's favor. Um, but I have a feeling that it's going to be a very hectic game. It's going to be a, a the flow of this game, I think, is going to be very stop and go, very back and forth. Um, probably not going to be an exceptionally dominant performance from the Loons. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... There, there's some interesting pieces that are probably going to have to carry some weight that I think it's exciting to know that we're going to see more of them. Saturday, 7.30 Central Time kickoff from Allianz Fields. And, of course, we will have post-loons there for you live following the match. Lower league news coming up from Minneapolis City, Minnesota, Aurora, and more. But right now it's time to shout out a brand-new sponsor to Soda Soccer and 10,000 Pitches, our friends in Galasso Kits. G-O-L-A-C-O kits.com. Use code loons for 15% off. I know it says 20% off. Sorry, guys. 15% off is, uh, but still a good deal over at Colasso Kits, bringing unique vintage jerseys to your home. And we're not talking about just a few different jerseys. We're not talking about a sparse selection. You can search nearly any team and find something at Colasso kits.com. They have two Minnesota United kits. Two different Minnesota United kits that you can buy at Colasso Kits. Old school Minnesota, pre-MLS Minnesota United kits as well. You know, you talk about vintage. You can bring that back with Colasso Kits. Um, Dom, you were even looking at some of their Venezuelan section. Yeah. And they had, they had a pretty good selection of those too. Yeah. <laughs> so so really, yeah. I mean, whatever you're looking for, just search it at Colasso Kits. You're, you're there to find it. Premier League, Serie A, MLS, uh, national teams. Their national team selection actually overall is huge any national team you could probably find yeah. something of course a ton of u.s men's national team men's and women's national team uh merch there as well so if you're into unique vintage kits and you want to find something for your team u.s men's national team or uh grab one of those minnesota united kits before they're gone uh check them out Galassokits.com. code loons l-o-o-n-s gets you 15 percent off your order your entire order. It doesn't matter how much stuff you buy. You'll get 50% off using codes, using code loons at checkout at GalassoKids.com. Huge thanks to the guys at Galasso Kids for supporting the uh, 10,000 Pitches podcast and what we're doing at SodaSoccer.com. Could not be more excited to continue our partnership with them. And uh, make sure you're following us and them on social media. They're at Galasso Kids 
on uh, Twitter. Of course, we're at Soda SOC. Um, some partnered giveaways and some really cool stuff coming your way with us and Colasso Kits in the future as well. But again, can't thank them enough for their support of what we're doing here at Soda Soccer and the 10,000 Pitches Podcast. All right, lower league news time, Dom. Uh, Joy Athletic announcing their first NPSL signings. Uh, we get a St. Cloud Husky in there and defender Noah Eklund, um, also an alum of, alum of Andover as well. Uh, Spencer Enright, midfielder, who is a St. Louis Park alum, plays for Augsburg. He is joining the GOATs in 2023 as well. And then Dakota Fusion have announced more returning players, but also three interesting new arrivals. Uh, Yu Sukunomi, who arrives from Biwako Saikai Sport College in Japan. This will be his debut in American soccer. Uh, D1 senior veteran Haji Shi, a Canadian national, plays for St. Bonaventure. And then Bolkego Bakanyi, a Botswanian player who is transferring from Allen Community College to NAIA school Milligan University after two years. He will be joining Dakota Fusion um, for the 2023 MPSL season as well. Um, you know, a lot of teams rounding out the rosters. We're getting continued news on who's joining Minneapolis city in 2023, um, you know, for their USL league two season, obviously Dakota and med city are starting to round out the rosters as well, but you know, more international flavor in the MPSL, uh, in 2023. I always love the mix of local talent, and, you know, nationwide or even international talent coming into the league, I think it provides a really good balance. And I think with kind of these roster additions, we're seeing both sides of that. Yeah, absolutely. Some really interesting for, for, for Joy Athletic, these two signings are very much, and I mean this in a good way, fit the profile of that team. They, they love they love a St. Cloud Husky at Joy Athletic. Uh, and they certainly love uh, a St. Louis Park alum as well. So. Those are those are the kinds of players that you, you kind of associate with Joy Athletic. It's really exciting to see some new faces join that team. And with Dakota Fusion, yeah, you know they, they, they have some returning players. We talked about that last uh, week, I think. Um, but they're also bringing in some interesting kind of project players. Um, yeah. And with, with you, that was uh, interesting because this is an individual who has never played here. He didn't yeah. go to college here or anything. Uh, I know last year and this year they have multiple Japanese players. I don't know if that is potentially some sort of connection that that was made there. I don't know how they know about him, but um, but you know he's making his debut in American soccer uh, with the Dakota mm-hmm. Fusion. So it's kind of an interesting signing. It's gonna be very interesting to see how he fits into um, the league, uh, the United States, yeah. and, and Fargo. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so it's interesting to see see those those recruitment cycles and how they're evolving also quickly want to shout out, I forgot to put in the notes, but you know, we had a quick article on the website this week about, um, let me make sure that Warren Moss and, uh, Joven Ramos, who are both going to be playing for Rochester FC, who this week, uh, made the uh, Belize national team yeah. uh, roster for the, the CONCACAF nations league games that are, uh, well, they're going to be happening basically as you listen. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of interesting movement. Um, obviously a lot of local guys as well but some interesting international uh, moves from all these different teams, which is always fun to see. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be fun to see these guys take the field and see what kind of impact they can have. Obviously we talked about, you know, with, uh, with St. Benjong, you know, kind of the, the acclimation process and, you know, how that factors into everything. Obviously that's, that's no different for these guys as well. Yeah. So we'll see, so we'll see how that, how that works uh, in, uh, in Dakota's favor or maybe against them, depending on how that goes in 2023, as we get closer to that season starting. Um, other lower league news, McQuelle Akale. That's a name we have been saying a lot <laughs> lately. Minneapolis' own um, scores the winner and opening goal of the 2023 USL League One season for Tormenta and their 1-0 win over North Carolina to kick off the season. Um, he earns Team of the Week honors 
for uh, for USL League One this uh, this week. You know, he was an impact player. He didn't get on the score sheet uh, a ton of times, scored one or two goals late last season after joining Tormenta. But I mean, you know, talk about the acclimation and getting reacclimated to professional soccer. Um, this is his first full season back and he seems like he's hitting the ground running. And if he can keep this sort of uh, form up for an extended period of time, he ain't going to be in USL League One very long. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. Well, I know there were people that were maybe potentially surprised that he was even in it this year. But mm. um, yeah, no, I mean, he, he's he's making the most of his situation, which is awesome to see. And he's doing fantastic down there. Yeah, to your point, I, I would not be surprised if he's playing at a much higher level by, mm -hmm. you know, 2024, maybe even before that year comes. But uh, yeah, very, very impressive. And, and so I, I know everybody at SodaSop is very happy for his uh, continued success down in Georgia. Yeah, that's it's going to be. I mean, keep an eye on him, guys. If you're listening to this and you're a fan of lower league soccer, you're a fan of Minnesota soccer as a whole, you want to support Minnesotans um, in the professional soccer scene. Keep an eye on McQuillie at Cali this year. I mean, I I, I was bullish on his uh, impact coming into the season, but seeing him score right off the bat in the opener, watch out. Um, also, watch out on the esports front as Ufasa, man. Talk about domination. Um, well, not I guess not domination. He's come back in nearly every single one of his <laughs> matches. So I shouldn't say domination, but he is yeah. heading to the semifinals of the lower league E-Cup um, down 4-0 to uh space united or not space united yeah space united. space united um in after the first leg of the quarterfinal and he comes back scores seven goals in the second leg to win seven five insane uh scenes there virtual scenes there in the lower league cup he is now in the semifinals of the main bracket um should note as is evan warwick and forward madison as well on the opposite side of the bracket if each of them win their respective matches in the semifinals they will meet in the lower league e-cup final which could be very very interesting um minneapolis city and spam fc are set to face off in the semifinals of the consolation tournament for the lower league e-cup and uh back on the field it appears mnufc2 and the michigan stars of nisa played a friendly last week um no uh, no official statements after from the uh michigan stars owner about smoke darkness and spell and smell so um yes. it appears it appears things were relatively calm uh, inside the dome in Blaine for that one. Uh, but uh, we'll probably never hear the results of this one. One of those closed door friendlies that we maybe got a picture or two of from the stars side, but uh, we'll, we'll, we're likely not to get much information out of that one, but it's good, it's good to see the guys tuning up uh, for the, for the season, which is kicking off actually on Friday night. As you're listening to this, I mean, UFC two kick off their MLS next pro season um in uh utah to take on real real monarchs so that'll be interesting to see how uh and ufc2 are able to kick off their mls next pro season there so something to watch out for all right yeah. Yeah. go ahead dom oh i was gonna say yeah um yeah unfortunately with those friendlies you you will never any any friendly where there's particularly parties from different leagues or different levels playing each other one of them is always going to require that nothing gets posted about it so or both of them so yeah. uh yeah, you know that that's. I as a person that knows a lot of people from uh, lower league soccer, I promise you that professional teams play NPSL and USL League two teams all the time, and then they make them not talk about it. <laughs> that's what happens, and you never hear about it. And it's mo it's particularly if they don't do well, if the major team doesn't do well. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, that's the case. But uh, anyways, uh, yeah, it's awesome for uh, uh, Ufasa and uh, Evan in. Um, lower league e cup it's been really fun uh following both of them and 
some some very stressful comebacks, but always fun to see. I, I do hope that we end up seeing those two guys in, in the final together. I think that'd be really cool. Um, and and great for Minneapolis City and Spam as uh, Spam FC as well to, to be having some fun in the consolation tournament. I'll definitely want to to check out that matchup. Uh, and yeah, yeah, just a, a lot of fun E Cup news and all that kind of stuff to f- follow this week, which has been which has been great. Dom, usually the breaking news breaks five minutes after we go off the air, but we got oh. some breaking news on the Ten Thousand Pitches podcast while okay. we're still recording. Thank goodness. Um, we need a breaking news little uh, music piece to add in here. We don't have that yet because usually we don't have breaking news on the 10,000 Pitches podcast. But um, we have uh, another MNUFC2 signing to announce. And it is a familiar name. Rory O'Driscoll from Minneapolis um... City joining MN- MNUFC2. It's a one-year MLS Next Pro contract for O'Driscoll um, coming out of uh, Minneapolis City. Uh, midfielder, obviously huge impact player for Minneapolis city over the last few years, especially in the transition to USL league Two, uh, the quote, um, from Cameron Knowles says, quote, Rory is someone we've been watching in college, especially knowing he's local to add him and see what we saw from him in college. He's a very technical player. He's a good, he has a good understanding of the game and a great attitude End quote. Um, I mean, just more, more pros <laughs> from the crow, more pros from the crows. That needs to be yeah. a uh, well, and, a... and for those that don't recall, a while back when we had the super draft and we talked about this, he was actually selected. He was selected he was. by Nashville, yep. um, and and clearly now has moved to Minnesota um, along Correct. with what was it, Xavier Zende and um, uh, well, uh, uh, Emmanuel Eway um, and yep. a couple others. So, but awesome to know that okay, he's got he's got a home nailed down. That's that's always the hardest part is to get that first yeah. foot through the door into the pro scene. So that that's awesome. Uh, awesome. But also for Minnesota United too, to continue to, to have some priority of local talent. A um, couple of NPSL, USL guys in there now, which is great. So he's got, he's got former Minneapolis city teammates um, in that roster and former NPSL opposition in that roster. So um, yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Good for him. Yeah. Very, very cool news. Um, just just that that pipeline seems to continue. It was, we were kind of wondering how, you know, when the Futures program started and as Minneapolis City started to gain some notoriety and then we now we get this reserve team from Minnesota United, how kind of that would all intertwine with what Minneapolis City is doing and what Minnesota United is now doing. Would they sort of compete or would they work together? Would there be some sort of pipeline developing there? And, and it seems at some level that obviously Minnesota United is keeping track of what is coming through this Minneapolis city program as they should. And uh, we're, we're starting to see maybe a little bit of a pipeline develop, yeah. but well, very, and, very cool. And, and just real quick, what it does show to be perfectly honest is it, it shows the importance of being part of a league with the profile of, of USL league two as well. Yep. Um, I think being part of the, the, the talent and the quality has always been there, but the being part of, of a league with that stature, I think forces people to take um, programs like Minneapolis city more seriously. Um, and, and so it, it puts all the more spotlight on, on them. And it, it's been really cool to see. There's been a lot of little things that have been really encouraging um, in relation to Minnesota United with the lower league scene. You know, you have, obviously Emmanuel Ewe a couple years ago now from joy you have you know they've they've played city and Duluth and friendlies recently last couple years you have all these signings 
one one very small thing real quick a lot of the uh, uh, website articles for these players actually are mentioning that they've played for these teams which i know sounds mm-hmm. silly but for those that have been in lower league for a long time you know that the 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 pet peeve is that teams will sign these guys and not mention they've played for these teams they'll just say what college they played for Yep. Um, so the fact that they're mentioning the NPSL, they're mentioning USLE2, they're mentioning Minneapolis City and, and whatever other team relevant to, the, to those news, that to me is really awesome. It's actually really awesome to see that connection growing and becoming more visible. Um, so, yeah, anyways, just, yeah, all good. And, and again, congrats to, to Rory. That's awesome. All right, that is a perfect way to end our lower league segment. We didn't have to like necessarily even switch topics to go to this. It was right during our, it was perfect. Finally, we get some breaking news break that works out in our favor and not five minutes after we go off the air. Uh, but now it is time to switch gears and make our picks presented by Better Edge. BetterEdge.com slash loons gets $20 free in your account to participate in our M- or in our MLS weekly pick'em, or you can uh, bet with or against us on the Minnesota United match as well. Uh, let me pull up betteredge.com so y'all can see how it looks here. I usually have this up and ready to go, but slack in a little bit today. All right. Let's see. There we go. Got it there. And perfect. All right. So betteredge.com slash loons. Again, $20 in your account. Better Edge is not a sports book. They do not profit off of your loss when you are betting. When you make a bet, you are betting with or against other users on the app. So, you know, if I bet on Minnesota United to win and you bet on Minnesota United to lose, I will win the money if Minnesota United wins. It's sort of like head-to-head betting, almost like you're betting with your friends, but there's an app for it, and it's legal to use in 47 states, including Minnesota. So that's kind of what separates Better Edge from the regular sports books, which are not legal in Minnesota. But anyways, it is picks time. Um, first, as always, we're going to bet on the – or we're going to pick – uh, the winner or the over-under for the Minnesota United-Vancouver Whitecaps match. Loons are favored at home, um, and the over-under is 2.5 total goals. Dom, I'm going to let you go first. Who are you picking in this one, or what are you picking in this one, I should say? Uh, yeah, I mean, mine's the straightforward one. I'm going with a, a Minnesota United win. I, I'm okay. confident that the Loons can pull something out of this one. Um, I am not confident about how many. I feel like this is going to be one of those games where either like one goal gets scored or seven goals get scored. So that's fair. That's I'm, fair. I'm just going with the Minnesota United win. I should mention I am uh, I'm three and zero in my Loons picks this year. So uh, let's try to keep that going here. I probably just jinx myself. Knock on. Luckily, I have a wooden desk here, so I can knock on wood. Um, I'm going the under 2.5 goals. I, I kind of agree that this could kind of go either way, but I, I just don't see where the goals are going to come from from either team. Cordoba out for Vancouver. Um, you know, you have Amaria and Garcia for Minnesota, neither of which have really shown much, you know, much ability to really make their own goals and make things happen. And you're missing Bongi and you're going to be starting Cameron Dunbar in the attacking midfield. And maybe he does show something as well, but I just think it's, things are going to be a little discombobulated in the attack. And I'm not sure that, uh, they'll be able to put up a crooked number in this one. Um, on the other side, I'm really not sure if Vancouver is going to be able to do much of anything against Minnesota United's defense. Even with a thin defense, I still think what they're rolling out at the back is more than good enough to keep Vancouver at bay as well. So, um, you know, if I were to if I were to you know pick a score line in this one, I would probably go along the lines of one-one draw or a, a one-nil win for either side. I just think goals are going to be hard to come by. I could be very, very wrong, but again, I'm three 0 
So um, let's try to keep that rolling here. I'm going under 2.5 goals in this one. Dom, you are going MNUFC to win. And here's how easy it is to make your pick over at Better Edge. So we find the Minnesota match, which is somewhere in here. Scroll, 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 scroll. There it is. Uh, so, Dom, you have Minnesota United in this one. Um, and, again, you don't have to bet real money. If you just want the experience of using the app, you can switch and use their edge coin, which is basically like play money um, that you can use to bet on the app. So we're going Minnesota United. Let's go 50 edge coin on this one. And then you submit. Boom. You're good to go. And you can donate to a great cause in Jason Zucker's Give 16 uh, Foundation as well while you're at it. Um, and then let's go ahead and do the over-under on this one as well. I'm going under 2.5 total goals. Let's bet 50 edge coin on that one. Review and submit. Boom. Good to go. That's that easy to make your bets and make your picks over at betteredge.com slash loons. Okay. Uh, Dom, now it's time to sort of pick the rest of our, or pick our favorites for the rest of the uh, MLS schedule this weekend. Um, pick our locks and our upsets. Uh, Dom, why don't you give us your lock? My lock is that St. Louis is going to be RSL. Um, that comes down to a couple things. One, I, I think this RSL team is not bad, but I also think that they just haven't found their flow particularly at all yet. That plus the fact that they're going to be missing some pieces. Uh, I just don't see them being able to keep up with St. Louis. Uh, and I think the St. Louis train is going to terrifyingly continue to roll across the country, uh, beating all our teams. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, five wins is what I'm saying for St. Louis. Five wins for STL. Five in five for St. Louis City. Uh, yeah, that could be uh, that would. I mean, discontinuing their historic run. I mean, they already have four and four, which is an all-time record. But now they're going for five and five. Um, I am my lock of the week is um, I have Inter Miami over Chicago Fire. I'm not sold on the Fire. Inter Miami have shown me some good things. This is not me jumping on the the Inter Miami bandwagon, guys. Mm-hmm. I know I've kind of I've kind of uh, poo pooed on Inter Miami in the early part of the season saying I'm not necessarily sold on them. Me picking them to beat the fire at home is not me uh, necessarily completely flipping my uh, my thoughts on Inter Miami this season. But I do think they're good enough, more than good enough, to yeah. beat the fire on home, uh, on home soil there. So I'm going with Inter Miami. And then, Dom, give us your upset. Or, yeah, okay, so that's my lock. Now, Dom, give us your upset. My upset is about as wild as last week's, although I want to quickly say the Vancouver Whitecaps almost beat the Galaxy. They I did. Was, I almost got They that. did. It was this close. Um, I think that FC Dallas might, just might, be able to pull something off against LAFC. What is it with you picking against the LA teams, man? What do you have I don't against, know. What do you have against LA? It's, I don't know. It sets up a good, a good upset. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think this Dallas team is actually a, quite – good and they've actually been quite good since we beat them that's really been the only bad day that they've had at the office um i i see that i see lafc you're in the international break that's always going to throw some some wrenches and some some cogs and i i just think that maybe dallas can pull one up also lafc did have a disappointing result last week in seattle and then they'll draw um so i i that that's my upset uh, i think maybe dallas pull pull off a maybe a one goal win uh, over LAFC. All right. And my upset is I'm, I'm picking the dynamo. I said uh, I, to myself at some point early in the season, I'm not picking the dynamo at all, 
But <laughs> here's my line of thinking. Although the Dynamo might be the worst team in the league this year, um, they're, they're definitely in the lower tier. Um, NYCFC have played at Yankee Stadium each of the last two weeks, which means mm. they have not played on a full-size soccer pitch since almost February. So uh, my line of thinking is they won't be used to it. And uh, the Dynamo are at home, and this could be one where they could grab them. And so mm-hmm. I am picking the Dynamo over NYCFC. Um, I don't know if my geometrical, uh, you know, um, reasoning for this pick uh, holds actually any weight, but that's my thought process. So that's why I'm going with Dynamo. That's fair. And, and the Dynamo got their first win in the season last week. So, you they know, did. Got momentum. So they did. There you go. All right. Those are our picks presented by Better Edge. Again, it's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com slash loons. B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com slash loons. Gets you $20 in your account so you can participate in our weekly MLS Pick'em competition. We have real money and Edgecoin versions of that. Um, and the Edgecoin versions are obviously free to enter. So if you don't want to risk real money, but you just want the bragging rights, that's totally fine. We have two different editions uh, of the weekly MLS Pick'em contest. But uh, the real money one is winner take all. Uh, I believe um, the winner took home 35 bucks last week in the MLS Pick'em contest. So um, if you want in on that action, again, it's B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash loons to get $20 in your account at Better edge with our friends over at better edge all right that will do it this week for the Ten Thousand pitches podcast uh big thanks to everybody who's tuned in big thanks to our our partners uh new partner galasso kits again galassokits.com use that code loons at checkout for 15 percent off your order obviously big thanks to our friends at better edge as well um dom any parting words for the people whether they're watching live or tuning in after uh just just uh keep an eye on all the fun soccer this this weekend international soccer there's lots going on it's crazy hectic everyone's playing all over the place and uh yeah thanks for watching yeah thank you guys for watching and listening um if you kind of want to run down on when and how you can watch the minnesota united players uh dom has a little international viewing guide a little loons international viewing guide up at sodasoccer.com so make sure you go in there and checking that out just make sure you're checking out all of our content and supporting us where you can as well um i'm jeremy rushing he's dominic jose bazonio this has been the Ten Thousand pitches podcast and we will see you guys next week thanks guys bye